Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Talk to Defeat ALS podcast. I'm your host, Tony Heil, the Director of Communications and Public Policy here at the ALS Association Greater Philadelphia Chapter. Uh, we have a lot of different topics on care services on our whole podcast history with about 100 different episodes, all you can find online on our website or at, um, on iTunes and Stitcher and things like that. And today we're going to be talking again with Elisa Brownlee, uh, who's been helping us with a lot of care services tips. And one thing that's very important to people, especially with how you're probably getting this podcast, is social media. Uh, we advertise Facebook, Twitter, it's Instagram, YouTube, and various other things. And sometimes you want to know how to navigate it safely, um, want to know where to get good resources, and how to use it as a person with ALS who may have some difficulties um, using a computer or just are unsure what to do, and you want to make sure to do it right. So, uh, Elisa, thank you again for joining us. Sure. Uh, you have a long history with this. This mm-hmm. is kind of your starting point yes. with here was some of these online groups, but obviously yes. that's a lot different from then way back in the late 90s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when, when we only had one national ALS listserv, and that was it. And it was, it wasn't even interactive. You know, you would post a question and then hopefully you'd get answers within the next day or two. Right. Um, it wasn't like Facebook and... Twitter and Instagram now where you post a question you can probably get a response in less than a minute. Right. And sometimes good, sometimes bad. Correct. And that's what I think I mean you have to remember that everything that you're reading on the internet is not necessarily true. And that yes, I know shocking. Um remember Abraham Lincoln with that. Yes. But also that uh, you know if you are seeking out information with ALS Every individual with ALS is different. There are no two people with this disease that are the same. So what might work for someone with ALS is not necessarily going to work for you. And so it's important to know that Mm -hmm. and be able to um, filter that and also have the wherewithal to say, you know, I saw that on a Facebook group, but I don't know. Let me call my nurse or my doctor. So there's a lot of different formats. Yes. Should we just go in order of the different kinds of formats, or do you want to go over generally? Well, I, you know, for me, the easiest way to get uh, information um, uh, disseminated is on Facebook. Right. Um, and there's over a billion, there's like two billion people yes. on Facebook. And, and every day, even though, you know, you hear that, you know, their stocks are going down and it's not as popular, there is still... Thousands of people that join Facebook every day. I'm not losing any sleep over Mark Zuckerberg who's losing. <laughs> right. Um, but and, if he wants to donate money to us, he's welcome. And, and people do it for a variety of reasons. And sometimes the main reason is because they have this devastating illness and they want to connect with other people. Right. So there's a, a significant number of Facebook groups. Some of them are closed. Some of them are open. So what that means is a closed group is that you have to send a request to the administrator and the administrator has to approve you to be part of the group. And sometimes that means that you have to say and or prove that you have a diagnosis of whatever illness, in this case ALS. Um, So that's a closed group. An open group means anyone can join whether or not you have the disease or not. Um, So... There are some rather large uh, Facebook groups. I know I participate in um, 
and a few of them, uh, patient and caregiver tips for everyday living with mm-hmm. ALS. That's a great group. And uh, ALS, we are in it together. Um, and then there's also so just some groups for caregivers. Um, and these are all uh, independently run. Correct. So we have our Facebook page all at ALS Philadelphia, which is going to um, showcase some things we've written, these podcasts, uh, information about our clinics and ALS generally, and events. But these are not run by the ALS Association. Correct. So we're not endorsing them. Correct. But, but you have used them and, and have seen them that they're usually run well. Right. And they're not necessarily monitored. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you can uh, notify the administrator if you see an offensive post or something that you don't necessarily think should be there. But it can be a conduit for people to meet other people. Um there's been a lot of, you know, speculation. Oh, the ALS Association should have a 24-hour hotline for people that just want to connect with other people. Well, you know, that's probably not realistic. But what ends up happening is that you have a caregiver who can't sleep at 2 a.m. and they get on Facebook into one of their sites and they can talk to another person who's up at 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. and commiserate together or celebrate together or just talk. And a lot of people are up at 2 a.m. Correct. Especially with ALS. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of caregivers who are up all hours a night and having those groups or chats. Correct. And the same thing with the person with ALS. Mm-hmm. If they want to connect with somebody else. Or what I've seen some of these groups will do is that, you know, hi, I live in Waco, Texas. Anyone in this group from around here or around there? And so they can actually then say, oh, okay, and then I, they can self-identify, oh, you're near me, and then they can either chat offline, they can continue to chat on Facebook mm-hmm. so that they can actually make a local connection. And this is really crucial for people that can't leave their home. Unfortunately, we see as the disease progresses, sometimes social isolation sets in because you can't leave your home, your home might not be accessible, and so, or that you are simply too physically um, depleted to go anywhere so that you are relying more and more on social media to stay connected to the world and this is how people do it mm-hmm. so um, being able to reach out to people but also I again caution you reach out but you have to do it kind of you know like okay uh, with caution trust but verify like with exactly you know like I saw one time in a, in a group post, you know, uh, uh, my caregiver blends my food and puts it through the feeding tube. Ah, okay, well, that might work for that person, but your neurologist might say you, you can't do that or your dietitian or something. So just because someone posts it doesn't mean it will work for you. And if you feel like, hey, that's a valid point or maybe I could ask my doctor, ask your doctor before you do it. So any, and that's very important because it's a lot of things seem intuitive. Yes. Like, like that. So if it comes to eating, if it comes to medication, yes. if it comes to general care, um, you know, health caregiving, health care type issues, talk to a professional, talk to your neurologist, your nurse, your dietitian, your social worker. Yes, whoever. Um, talk, whether it's yours or maybe it's even a family member that's a nurse, you know, talk to someone that knows what they're doing before you do what you saw on Facebook. Correct. Now, yes. If it's something where you went on Facebook and someone said, "Hey, I use my Amazon Echo to watch Netflix," 
you don't necessarily have to talk to your doctor. Exactly, right. But if it's something medically or involving your body, invasive Mm -hmm. or not, Mm -hmm. yes, you ask. Uh, I, I, like you just said, trust but verify. Right. Um, But that being said, it is such a wonderful forum to get ideas or, you know, so for someone to say, I have this problem where my, my loved one, you know, needs to, uh, you know, uh, prop his foot up. What would you recommend? And then so you get the recommendations and they say, okay, but then you bring it to your medical team and ask. Um, but it's nice to have more than one thing because, again, it might not work for you. But then you, you kind of go down the list of, of ideas that you've come up with. And that's something we brought up in our episode about the clinic is to ask questions there social media facebook in particular could be a great place to find questions to ask and be prepared when you go to your next clinic visit and someone who has als you've met through one of these groups can say oh um when i had that inflammation it meant this Mm -hmm. so make sure to talk to your nurse about it right so that could be a very good tool with these facebook groups to know what questions ask your caregivers right And I also think exactly what you said, you mentioned the echo just a few minutes ago. You know, there's a significant number of people who are using their speech generating device and they'll say, guess what I just found in the software that really works well. That's great. You might not know that, that it was there. Yeah. Um, Or that I, you know, I did that. I set up my SGD page to have, you know, XYZ so that I can order pizza and, and have it delivered and blah, blah, blah. That's great. That's great sharing of information. Mm-hmm. Something you might not think about. Right. And it's not something where if you did it, you would be harming yourself. Correct. So first, as with a doctor, do no harm if you can, especially right. to yourself. Right. And I, I encourage everyone, um, and uh, you know, I know hopefully a lot of people from this area are listening to this podcast, but if you're outside of our area, connect with your local ALS association on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. You're, you will get information. You'll get sometimes tips uh, caregiving tips, you'll hear about local events, uh, local walks, so that you can stay connected to your local ALS association. That to me is real vital. We provide a tremendous resource and there's things that the chapter might be doing that you have no idea that are coming up. And so go to that person or that chapter's Facebook page or, or Twitter page or Instagram and follow them. And I follow our other chapters sometimes on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And learn a lot about what they're doing. Sometimes it's really good information that then I can replicate on our page or Correct. on our Twitter page. So, so you can use it to find groups. You can follow the ALS Association chapters and the ALS Association, ALS Association itself. It's at almost a million followers on the ALS page. Ours is only 5,600. So hopefully everyone follows us and we get a huge boost out of this. Um, but try and get up to a million. And, you know, there's a lot of... I hate the word fake news. I think that's stupid. But... Um, not to offend people who don't think it's stupid, but, um, <laughs> misinformation, right. So. There's a lot of misinformation out there. So if it sounds good, verify it with someone who knows better. Correct. And, and don't share <laughs> until you verify. It yeah, that's true too. Um, and I think, I guess this is just me personally. I think Facebook is just easier to connect with other people than Instagram. Oh yeah. Um, but you can't share with Instagram really. Correct. And, and. And for me, listen, I'm a sequential order kind of girl. I mm-hmm. want to, like, say most recent. I still can't do that in Instagram. So, um, you know, that that's why I prefer Facebook and, and the groups that are on Facebook. Um, 
as opposed to Instagram, but my other go-to is always Twitter. Right. Um, so Twitter.com, there are some very famous people on Twitter. Yes. And everyone's on Twitter. Yes. And it can be an amazing, I love Twitter myself. I, I think it's a too. great resource to connect with people. So what's the difference for a person with ALS for Twitter versus Facebook? Well, Twitter considers themselves a microblogging account. Mm -hmm. So you can't post a whole soliloquy on Twitter unless you do it in like Word and take a picture of it and or connect it to your Facebook account. Um, but for me... You can do a tweet thread, though. Yes, you can do a tweet thread. Which, that is which, correct. Which can take a while and it can be interesting. Correct. But for a person trying to use a speech generating device, it might take longer and mm -hmm. more, more hits or clicks right. or typing. Um, but I use Twitter to filter. So Twitter uses something called hashtags, and a hashtag is just the pound sign. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you're on Twitter, people, people have a lot of people who are under, let's say, under thirty, or don't even know that it's a pound sign. I know. It's just a hashtag. <laughs> know that um but if you're on twitter and at the top right hand corner it'll say search uh, at least on your computer uh, and it'll be on the top of your smartphone and you put like hashtag als and anything that's been tagged with that hashtag will come up so you might see an individual with als posting uh, um, something or a chapter posting a picture or an article or a link about ALS. Um, I find the majority of my information on Twitter about ALS and assistive technology and speech generative devices and communication uh, disorders, but that's just my preferred venue. Um, but I think it, it depends on what you're looking for. For me, I just want to see the highlights. That's why I go to Twitter because mm -hmm. you can only see, well, now it's what, 240 characters? Yeah, it's 240 characters, but right. most things aren't that long. Correct. So you, you see the highlights, and then you decide to click on it or not. But it's another venue to reach out and meet people. Um, and then, you know, you can put your hashtag, for example, if you were just looking for articles or information about caregiving. So hashtag caregiving. It'll all come up. Mm -hmm. And some of these hashtags can be very specific. So you can start Correct. your own hashtag. So you yeah. can start a hashtag ALS caregiving or... You can tell a lot of people we're talking about the walk to defeat ALS right. or the Lehigh Valley walk to defeat ALS. It might be LV walk to defeat ALS as a hashtag. So everyone's in that conversation, which is correct. Nice. Um, and you know, I was just looking on our tw on one on Twitter now because on the a lot of people I bet with ALS do use a mobile device to tweet. Right? I would say most of over eighty percent of them right. use a smartphone of some sort. Right, and for uh, at least on my Android device. Um, you can see the home. I'm showing this on the podcast. <laughs> but so the home will get you to the latest tweets. There's the magnifying glass to search, and you can search for people or things. Um, the alerts for your mentions. Um, and then there's the DMs, the direct messages, um, which is a good way to communicate. My mom communicates with me that, that way. There's it, Not that I want to get away from my mom, but she lives 300 miles away, and she can get in touch with me a hundred different ways. Right. To, which is great for caregivers. Right. And if you want to promote yourself or a cause, uh, you can actually link all three together. Mm -hmm. You can link your Twitter with your Facebook with your Instagram. So that if you post on Twitter, it'll be posted both on uh, Facebook and Instagram and vice versa. If you post on Facebook, it'll be posted on the other two sites. So you can link all three together if you just want to be on all three forms, but you don't want to 
have to go, oh, I got to post this on Twitter. I want to go post that on Instagram. So instead of going to three individual apps, they're all linked together as one. And it's also a really good way to, do, to message people who you might not be able to message otherwise. Correct. Um, that could be a character with you. And how do they get in touch with you on Twitter? ALS Assistive ALS Assistive Tech, but no H. So with a T-E-C at the end. Yeah. And ours is ALS Philadelphia. Um, we get a buzz. So if you send a tweet, you can have a question about an event, about caregiving, about clinics, about times of things, about how to donate, about, um, you know, why didn't I hear back from someone? And then we'll get that message across. Right. So it's a great way where if you don't know the best way to get in touch with someone, a, a little a tweet can definitely get someone's attention. Yeah, and I... Just my perception, but we have more of an international reach on Twitter than we do on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Um, definitely. And and, and to me, it's fascinating to see what people with ALS MND are doing over in the UK or in Australia. And I see that on Twitter more than I see it on Facebook. And when you go on a page, um, you can connect with other chapters. Correct. You can know what's going on there. Um, You can see who's liked a certain post. You can find other organizations that are tweeting about ALS. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they're sponsored tweets, um, but there are lots of ways that you can get in touch, um, learn about people, and you could also tweet at famous people or teams. <laughs> That's we're, right. <laughs> we're the principal charity of the Philadelphia Phillies, so they'll often, I, I tweeted at them saying, great pitching, and they liked my tweet, or right. retweeted it, so that, you know, you can send your picture from an event, and whether it's a sponsor or the clinic, they might appreciate that. Uh, don't put information on there you don't want the world to see that's exactly right and know that um whatever you put up even if you take down it'll be there forever <laughs> right. we've heard that so be careful about what you rant about and uh you know what you say so try to not curse and say in, you know inflammatory things if you can <laughs> but i actually think um just to follow up with what you just said is that it's a great way to raise awareness and right. We hear all the time, people have to be more aware of ALS and things. If you're having even a local event, a local lemonade stand, and you have a group of kids and, you know, a neighborhood rallying around you, take a picture, tweet it, put the hashtag ALS, and send it to your local news station. You don't know, they might pick it up. It's a great way to raise awareness. There are so many reporters in the area, in our chapter region, who have covered ALS, who care about it. Um, you can you know f- look them up on Google to find out who's covered it. Correct. A lot of them have their own Twitter account, so you can find the person from ABC who's done the Ice Bucket Challenge, for example. Right. You say, tweet at them and say, hey, Allie Gorman at 6ABC, I know that you care about ALS, you know, and send a, there's a very good chance that they will at very least retweet it to their thousands of members. Exactly. And, and again, this all goes back to raising awareness. Yeah. And anyone can do it now. You don't need to spend thousands of dollars on an ad campaign. You can just right. message someone that knows. Right. We don't need, you know, to spend, like, an individual doesn't need to hire a PR agency anymore to really get the word out. Nothing against PR agencies. No, right. nothing against PR agencies. <laughs> but in the past, that's the only way that you could disseminate your message. Right. Now, you're right. You can tweet at a famous person or um, even, like you said, start a hashtag of your own. Just to get the raise the, the raising of awareness, um, you and I have bantered back and forth on one of our local radio stations, and they've mentioned ALS, and you've said, "Thank you, 
to this local radio, and you tweet it, you know, right. appreciate the shout out, or and, and then they retweet it, right? And then say, oh, it's going to be on at six a.m. tomorrow, right? And, and and you know, it's amazing the the difference that social media has made in terms of uh, people who I run into now who know what ALS is, and not just from the Alice Bucket Challenge, but I think just for the advent of the internet and and us being able to to put a face to the disease besides Lou Gehrig. And again, there's a lot of bad information that's on Twitter. Yes, Some of terrible course. information sometimes. Some crazy people on are on there. Snake oil salesmen, as they're called. Um, so if you see something that looks sketchy, even if it doesn't, contact someone that will is an expert. So right. if you see someone that says, you know, you got you should be really taking this kind of vitamin or this pill. This is gonna make you feel stronger. Don't do that until you talk to your care team. Right. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people who say they can cure any disease. It's not just ALS. Right. Through X, Y, Z. Right. And that could be not just a, a drug, but it could be food. It could be um, exercise of some sort. There's lots of things that may sound fine. And they might not do anything, but it might waste your time, too. Well, and it could be illegal. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's the other thing you have to worry about, you know? Right. And you won't know that. You're just preying on people who... Exactly. Right? You honestly want something done. So um, it's also a very good tool for advocacy. Yes. When we go meet with politicians, like 100% of them are on Twitter. Like maybe 99.9. And if we go and we meet with, you know, the senator and say, hey, you know, Senator Coons from Delaware, thank you for meeting with the Colbys who are on Twitter. Right. And they're great people. And um, you know, they always send that. And then he tweets it out. And he's a co-sponsor on legislation because he's reminded that he met with this family. From right. Yeah, and I have to say, uh, th that's where Twitter uh, surpasses Facebook. Yeah. I think. Oh, yeah, that's uh, my feeling, too. Uh, and and for those that don't know, the ALS National Office has a advocacy event every year in May. Now it's going to be June of next year. Right. Where people throughout the country descend on D.C. and we basically storm the hill on one particular day, and it's all about ALS. And I was fortunate enough to go this year, and uh, Tony's right. Uh, we took pictures with um, Senator Toomey. We mm -hmm. had a whole group picture, all of us that were in the room with the senator. You tweeted it to him. He retweeted it. Right. So, I... and, and, you know, so, so it got information. So anybody who follows Senator Toomey that day saw the ALS Association picture. And then you, could, if you weren't able to come to D.C. that day, you could see it and say, thank you for meeting with my friends. Right. Are you going to co-sponsor the legislation? Correct. Right. And also, you know, we used, um, there was a hashtag for advocacy. I think it was ALS Advocate. Advocacy, advocacy Day 18. 18. Yeah. So if I was just sitting at home, I could follow along with anybody who did that hashtag. But again, Tony's right, you know. When, when we're looking for things uh, out of uh, uh, our advocacy action alert, you know, yes, yeah, send an email, but follow it up with a tweet or on Facebook, you know, Sometimes put the pressure tweet, on. A tweet is often better than an email. I know. I agree. And I, I feel like when since I've done advocacy, for, which I've done for years, um, is, you know, everyone sends emails, but politicians get a ton of emails and news organizations get a ton of emails mm -hmm. 
but the they don't actually reach the senator or reporter. Whereas a tweet, very often, which surprises people, it is the senator that reads them. It is the governor sometimes well, that reads them, and it is the reporter that reads them. But there's a, a reporter from the Lehigh Valley um, at WFMZ, Bo, Bo Colt now, who's terrific. He's done a lot of ALS things. We'll tweet him, and it's him that saw it and said, I saw you on Twitter. Yeah, we want to bring you in to talk about this. And if you look even at current events right now, people don't say, oh, look what so-and-so put on Facebook. It's, look what so-and-so tweeted. Right. Look at the tweet that got this person in trouble or or that got generated so much response. Right. It's not what people are putting on Instagram and Facebook. Right. So speaking of Instagram, so we, th- we can talk about that. Um, is there anything interesting to talk about ALS on Instagram? It's just another way you can share it's with It's just people. another sharing of, of mostly pictures, though, with Instagram. Right. But, but you can do Instagram stories. Uh, but Instagram, again, uses hashtags. Right. So if you want your, uh, your cause, your event to be noticed... Uh, statistically, research is found, you have to use a hashtag. And use a bunch of them. Yes. On Twitter, you have a character limit. On Instagram, you don't, you don't really. And I think there's like a 10,000 characters. It's a ridiculous character limit. But So people put up often um, very general ones. Like I have kids, so I'll right. put up like toddler time or you know a toddler fun. Um, but then there might be a very specific one you want to put down that only the people who know about that will know. I like like right. uh, Frosty Falls ice cream, which is the ice cream place near me, so people would see that. Um, but that might be a good place for people to go, and you can search for hashtag caregiving tips. Well, and Instagram is nice because when you hit a hashtag, it tells you how many people right. have used that hashtag. So, just as a personal example, my daughter turned fourteen a few months ago, and I put an Instagram post up of her, and I put, "I love my daughter." Well, that hashtag had been like over a million hits or something. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> like, wow. But you can see then if you're doing like a hashtag ALS or ALS symposium or, you know, ALS fundraiser, you can see how many times that hashtag's been used. Right. And sometimes that's a good reason to use one that has a lot of views. Sometimes you want something that has lesser for whatever Correct. reason. Sometimes you can find something that's very localized. So, yeah. you know, you want to talk about um, healthcare. There's a, everyone's talking about healthcare, but you want to talk about healthcare that's in Pennsylvania? PA healthcare might be a right. hashtag, and that it might be one you start. Right. So there's a lot of pictures, resources you can find that way on Instagram. But if you were using Instagram without Facebook, I would say get on Twitter, too, and link those two. Yeah. Um, because, Definitely. again, Tony's right. The politicians, the people in office, they're noticing Twitter. They are not noticing Instagram. Sometimes they notice Instagram. Sometimes. But not to the same extent. Not no. nearly. Because Instagram, because Twitter is so much more public. Yes. Um, now, two other things. One I want to bring up really quickly is Pinterest, which we have done a little bit. And I'll just say quickly, um, it can be an interesting way of finding out, um, you know, certain things you can find on there for a whole search of outfits to wear. Which isn't a dumb thing with ALS, because it could be things that you could right. wear that you wouldn't think of because you're hard to button. Correct. Um, so you can find those things, and also some food items. We've done that yes. on our Pinterest page, which we don't op- update often, but you might be able to go there to find some uh, recipes and things to eat that have been approved by some group that Correct. might seem good. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, YouTube. There's a lot of YouTube videos on our page, ALS Philadelphia. There's a lot of videos on there that could be training videos for caregivers, whether they're us or other resources. And national. And national, the ALS Association. Uh, so look on those pages. Um, some of the hospitals have them. 
Um, and our, our podcasts are shared on YouTube as well, so you can watch them online. But, you know, there's there's a lot of good resources on YouTube, and there's a lot of crazy resources on YouTube. Absolutely. And, and it's interesting that you mentioned that because I saw a, just a statistic, I want to say a couple weeks ago, that said um, among the 18 to 24 uh, age group, in the past, it was Instagram that was number one to get information on social media and Facebook number two. And now it's YouTube mm-hmm. for that age group. That is how they are getting their information. And now YouTube has a, a subscriber service, a plus service. Um, I think it's YouTube Red or something. Yeah. Um, so we have to recognize that the avenues of social media are changing with the age groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, the advent of, of kids, what I jokingly say, coming out of the womb and knowing how to text with two thumbs. I still can't do that. <laughs> um, but, but they know. You put a smartphone in the hands of a child who's never held one and they know what to do with it. Yeah, my, I have a four-and-a-half-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old. They know how to find things on YouTube. Um, and we monitor, but they have they use a tablet, and they are able to find. Thankfully, they want to watch Blippy, <laughs> which is great. It's actually a pretty good show. But you know, the information that's on on YouTube is not always right. Correct. Um, and know that what you're looking for, but also a lot of people with ALS have kids. Uh, we we have we know people with ALS have young kids, whether they're their own or nieces, nephews, grandkids, and they might be finding some incorrect information out there. So. Um, if you know that, be aware, be social media savvy enough to direct them to the right resources and tell people, like, hey, my son found this online. Right. You know, what What should I do? What can I direct them to? Right. And I would say, like, for example, if you were looking for information about how to do a proper transfer, mm-hmm. that's going to be different for somebody with MS than ALS. Very good point. So you want to go to ALS trusted resources. So go to the National ALS Association. Go to other ALS chapters. Anything that a chapter or the national office is going to put up has been vetted by professionals to know that the information that they're disseminating is correct. And if it's not there yet, you can go and say, hey, Elisa, I know you're social media savvy. There's no video about this activity. Correct. Can you create one? Right. Or can you find one that you trust to use? Correct. And send me the link. Right. Right. Be- because, uh, you know, the, like you said, a person with ALS may have very different needs than a person with MS and vice versa. Correct. A- absolutely. And and as I mentioned before, what works for one person isn't going to work for you. Right. So uh, go to trusted sources, especially when it's about a video, something that you're watching and going, okay, I'm learning from this. Uh, the majority... People, a majority of people are visual learners, so you and I can talk about things, but they want to see it in action, mm-hmm. and so they go to YouTube to see it in action. Mm-hmm. But you want to make sure that what you're seeing in action is accurate. Now, now on the other hand, posting videos, it could be a really good resource for Absolutely. you. If you're a caregiver with ALS, you might be able to put up some resources of food you make yeah. that's good. Um Maybe, like we talked about the Amazon Echo uh, a bunch of times, like, oh, here's how I used it for my home. Um, you could put up a YouTube, and those videos probably exist already because there are, like, trillions right. of videos. Um, you could say, um, here are my tips for, you know, a shopping list. Mm-hmm. And you could put that on Pinterest, too, like my shopping list for keeping at home. Or, or how about starting a dialogue about 
how to accept help in the home. Right. You know, using social media websites like Caring Bridge or others to coordinate care. Because we know uh, people have friends in the community. They have church members. Everyone wants to help. Right. But how to coordinate that help. And that's, again, where social media can come in. There are specific websites to help with that. But if you can't do that, then you can do it through Facebook. Yeah. Like so-and-so, you put out a need. Okay, I need um, three casseroles this week. All right, you're going to get responses from Arnold. Yep, I'll do Wednesday. Mm-hmm. You know, Marion says, I'll do Thursday. Right. And so you could put out the need and just use social media to do that, or you can use some of these special websites that help you facilitate coordinating care in the home. But it's we, we didn't have that before. If you had a need where you had your you, you know you needed your um, your lawn cut before we had the internet, you just have to ask a neighbor or a local teenager, you know. Right, and you might not be able to do that because you can't get out of the house to do it. Exactly. Um, so now you can post a need, and hopefully people can fulfill that need. Right, and there's lots of tools to do that. Yes. Use. Ask questions. We talked about this in our episode about the clinics. Ask a million questions. Hopefully less than a million. But ask as many questions as you can. Find out where you can find the best resources. Um, Talk to your clinic team to say, you know, I I heard this rumor online. This thing on Facebook is it's true. Especially about drugs. New drugs or things. I heard that. Yeah. Definitely ask that question. You've been working on the clinics for many years. Yeah. You've probably heard hundreds, thousands of questions about drug type treatments right. that you're like, whoa, don't do that. <laughs> well, that are, are, you know, oh, I heard this drug is coming. Uh, well, yeah, but it's in clinical trial, only stage two. That means, you know, X amount of time. Right. Now, um, one thing about that, too, is the information that can be online about clinical trials can often provide false hope or um, false worry even. So don't not that they're not they're bad people talking about this all the time, but you might go online and say, oh, XYZ company has a phase two clinical trial. There's going to be a drug on the market in December, which one is wrong. That's not how trials work. But two, you don't engage until you can talk to someone that knows Exactly. Best. Exactly. Yeah. So um, reach out to your clinic team. Reach out to your nurse, your social worker. Uh, you know, reach out to your PR person. Ask Tony. You can even you know? <laughs> reach out to the people who are doing those studies. Yeah. Because sometimes the, um, and this is actually interesting, I, I realized this recently, um, a lot of the people who have studies and journals that you can't access because they're in a journal and it costs money, they'll send you the study. Right. So talk They want to them. get it out there, yeah. right. So message them and, and learn, but you know, realize that for the most part, you're not an expert. I'm not an expert. So it's always good to get a second opinion. So if I say, oh, Lisa Brownlee uh, posted this article about this drug and she's a, she did this, I'm going to read it and know it. Now, maybe ask another person who's a nurse or Correct. neurologist, like, what do you think about yeah. this? Everyone's more accessible today than they were 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Um, That's very true. <laughs> yeah. Which is good and bad. Yes. Most More good than bad, I think. Um, so use social media wisely. Find out someone that can help you vet it. That's the most important thing I think we can discuss. So is there anything else we should focus on? Because we've had a lot to say about social media. No, I think that um, for me and for our population, social media can be a wonderful avenue to stay connected to the world. Yeah. Um, And it offers something 
that we haven't really, I mean, now we have for, for what, 10 years or so, I think, however old Facebook is now, but mm-hmm. uh, just just a, a connection um, that often got lost in the past. Well, and I know when I got here seven years ago, the ALS, our chapter page had 700 followers, and now we have about 6,000. Yeah. So that's great, but you want to be able to use it appropriately. Yeah. Everyone's engaging it in new ways because Facebook itself changes. Right. So speaking of Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and Pinterest and Twitter, follow us all at ALS Philadelphia. Um, the A- look up the ALS Association on Facebook, on Twitter, um, on Instagram as well. They're all using the same information, different uh, posts they might put up, but same useful information. And follow Elisa on Twitter, ALS Assistive Tech TEC on and on Twitter and ask her questions any time of day and she'll, resp- <laughs> she'll respond to you. When appropriate. Uh, yes, thank you. When appropriate. <laughs> and of course, if you want to donate, volunteer, advocate, visit us at www.alsphiladelphia.org. Thank you, Elisa. Thank you.